The Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Reaper Apparel Company. Reaper Apparel offers a casual line of superb fit, finish, and comfort. We design for those who refuse to die slowly and choose to live untamed. For those who aren't afraid to face the dark, for the ones that thrive in it, and for those who can appreciate life through a grim lens. That's Reaper Apparel Company. Go to the link in the description of this episode, use the promo code Mike Bono, and get 10% off. Also, the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by my own personal merch store, the Stupid Should Hurt merch store. I have hats, I have t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, water bottles, notebooks, you name it, I've got it. The description and the link for that will be in the description of this episode. Also, right now, if you use the promo code WELCOME, I will give you 5% off of your first purchase. That's the Stupid Should Hurt merch store. Also, the Rod Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Tactical Brotherhood. All-American-made apparel, which helps support the Second Amendment. You can also find all this in the description of this episode with the link, Tactical Brotherhood. Part of every proceed does go to helping veterans, as it is a very good cause. All American-made products made right here in Minnesota. Go and check them out. Use the promo code PATRIOT15 to get 15% off your purchase. Now, let's start the show. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Ride Home Rants Podcast. Yes, I am coming up in the world. I did get an intro music played and made for me uh, by my man Speedo. Uh, yeah, Speedo. Yeah, you can look him up or you can call me. Dude's name Speedo. But I got a great episode for y'all, one that uh, I think you're going to enjoy. I got my man John Fitty Falcone back on the show, first ever guest to the Ride Home Rants podcast. And he's been gracious enough to come back on for a second appearance. I just don't feel like we had enough talking time the last time he was on. So, Fitty, welcome back, brother. Thanks for having me on, bro. I appreciate you, cuz. Hey, no problem, man. So, a lot going on. We got some sports talk to talk about today. Uh, one of which being all the trades going on in the NFL. And I'll get right to it. You're a Jets fan. Um, what's going on with your boy Sam Darnold? What do you think is happening there? Oh, man, I was not happy with that trade. Um, You know, the Jets, yes, you're restarting the clock financially on the trade, and you're going to gain more cap space than exercising Darnold's fifth-year option, but you're starting over now with a rookie coach, and you're starting over with a rookie quarterback and a young team that still has a lot of holes, and I would have loved to see them trade out of the second pick and move back to maybe, you know, 7, 8, 10, somewhere around there and keep Darnold and just have more guys to fill because you could have drafted so many different guys and trading Darnold and starting over with Kyle Wilson, you know, who knows? I mean, he could be, you know, boom or bust. Um, It's going to be hard to say with that because of the schedule of BYU. He could be maybe Jim McMahon and be a good game manager. He could just be a complete, you know, bust and it, it could just be bad. Um, just not happy with it. I don't like Justin Fields. Ohio State has had a terrible track record of quarterbacks. They've all washed out of the league. I think until Fields proves himself, you know, you really can't say anything. I don't say Mac Jones is the 
way to go either. I mean, it's just a lot of uncertainty. And I think you gave Dar- you know, you would have gave Darnold one more chance with some better talent. You know, better results could have happened. But it's it's not a good day to be a Jets fan. I, I wouldn't say it's a good day to be a Jets fan. But what would you say to like maybe? Not trading Darnold, but still drafting a quarterback, maybe a young guy. Let Darnold play out one more season, see if he's it for you, and really kind of develop somebody underneath him, kind of like what they did with Aaron Rodgers and uh, old Brett Favre there in Green Bay and let him learn under somebody for a while and then take over the reins. Well, there's a difference there, though. You know, Darnold is only 23, and a lot of these guys are – you know, basically the same age. So are they really going to learn from Darnold in that sense? I don't know. With the New York media, you really could have stirred a lot of controversy there. Um, Where the difference was, was Brett Favre already played in two Super Bowls when he beat the Patriots and he lost to the Broncos. And he was one of the all-time, you know, great quarterbacks while he was still playing. Um, And they had the luxury of a good team to, you know, sit around um, and wait for Aaron Rodgers you know, to mature. So, you know, there is a little bit of a difference with that. I don't think you should have drafted a quarterback maybe in the first round and paired him with Darnold. They do have James Morgan, fourth-round draft pick last year from, um, oh, I believe he played at Bowling Green, and then he transferred somewhere else before he got drafted, maybe FAU or something like that. But, um, you know, I don't think that was a good idea, but I just don't think it was a good idea to trade Darnold either. I just think if you could have drafted one of those receivers – you know, or a couple better defensive playmakers, you know, then the defense is going to be better, which in turn is going to make the offense better because they don't have to get into shootouts and Darnold could have been a little bit more manageable in that. So um, drafting the two quarterbacks, I think it would have created a lot of controversy in New York. I I even think this is creating a lot of controversy in New York because like you said, there's a lot of Jets fans out there that were high on Darnold. And I think either way they went, do you think this was the lesser of two evils, getting rid of Darnold and starting over from scratch? No, I think this is the, the worst option. Um, just just the worst thing that could have happened with them. Just because, you know, now you're starting over to a rookie guy. And, you know, he was very injury-plagued. And then he played this season this year. And I'm not saying he won't be a good quarterback, but he played this past season against non-Power 5 teams. If you look at what the draft guys were saying, he only played against three guys ranked in the top 200 defensive eligible players, you know, and it's not like they went and won the Fiesta Bowl or the Sugar Bowl or the national title like at least Jim McMahon did with them. I mean, this guy could be the second coming of Ty Detmer, and that could be really, really bad um, because I don't think anybody wants to be mentioned in the same breath as Ty Detmer. Um, So I just think it was just really bad on their part. You know, part of me as a Jets fan, I, I want to see the Jets go one in fifteen or two and fourteen again because a Joe Douglas has had a lot of fault uh, over the past couple years. Adam Gase was not that bad of a coach; those guys played hard for him, but he had a team of you know cast off trying to trying to win NFL games, and that's what you supply a head coach and let him be the fall guy. Or if you're the general manager, you got to be the guy to go gets people. So the Jets go one in fifteen. I will be the first person starting the hashtag fire Joe Douglas hashtag hire Fitty Falcone slogan for the Jets new general manager in 2022. I think we should just start that now. Hire my man Fitty. Fitty Falcone. Bring the Falcon in. Let him turn the Jets around and see what he can do. It would be, would be one heck of a come up story going from a 
uh, ex high school head coach to uh, you know the GM of the New York Jets in the most powerful media market around. You could handle it. I got I got faith in faith in you there, cuz that you can you can handle that that market. If anybody can go into New York and make a splash, it's the Falcon. I like to think so. I appreciate that. Hey, no problem, man. But a lot of other trades going on uh, in the NFL. Take me through some of your thoughts on those. You know, with the quarterback carousel that's going on with these guys, you know, it's kind of hard to say that they're all in a better place. I really don't know. You know, you really only, I mean, you have a few organizations that, you know, are going to be competitive year in and year out. The league is so wishy-washy every year. It's going to be hard to say that. I mean, even the Patriots, you know, are as solid as you can get, and they had two very mediocre quarterbacks, but they still went 7-9. and nine. So that tells you about what type of organization they have. Right. Um, you know, I think the Colts can be there, I think, a couple more years of being established and solid. Um, but with these guys moving around, I don't know if it's going to pay, like, that big of dividends on some of these teams because also these contracts are so massive that, you know, you can have these great quarterbacks, but do you have people around them to uh, – you know, to make you better and stuff. So um, I still wouldn't put the Patriots out of making some type of trade. Um, I don't think either one of them guys is a long-term solution, Um, you know, but we'll see. But Carson Wentz and, you know, that trade, I mean, it is what it is. He's very injury-prone, very talented, but very injury-prone. So we'll see how that shakes out. We'll see how Goff does. You know, we'll see how Stafford does with their new teams. But I don't know. It's going to be kind of hard to tell. Uh, you know, with them, just because it's not like they went to the greatest, you know, teams out there either uh, to establish teams. They're kind of going in the middle of these rebuilds, and it's kind of hard starting over like that in the middle of your career. Right, but question for you on that. You brought him up, Goff and Stafford. If you if Stafford shits the bed in L.A. and Goff goes into Detroit and just has a monster season – do you think they blame Detroit's foes and woes on Stafford? We'll be back after a quick break. Big lady energy. What if I eat a little cheese every day? <laughs> Just keep it. It's like I have a tolerance. Yeah, for cheese. Good Same job with cats. Your tolerance. Like if I pet a cat every day for the first week or two. I thought you were going to say if I eat a cat a little bit every day, <laughs> starting at the tail, I mean, and just ate a little bit, then I'd be fine. But if I didn't eat a cat for three months. I would totally start at the face. Why yeah. would you start at the tail? If someone put a gun to my head and said, eat this cat. I'm trying to think of we're an acceptable scenario. We're talking about scenario. a feline, right? <laughs> oh, did you think I was talking about pussy? Maybe. It could go there. I don't want to eat a cat. I want to eat a pussy. <laughs> I mean, not really. I think Adam Stafford's a very good quarterback. I just don't think he's really had talent outside of Calvin Johnson, you know, with him. And, I mean, when they had, um, you know, previous couple coaches ago with Jim Caldwell, they were they were pretty good, you know, and he did a decent job with them. Um, so, you know, I think in the right system, I think Stafford will do fine. But, you know, he is 33. Um, you know, can right. his body hold up? I mean, that's a pretty fierce – you know, division he's playing in against some pretty good pass rushers. So, you know, we got to see how his body holds up and things like that. So, you know, uh, time will tell. Um, and the thing about golf is, you know, he's going to play some very cold weather teams. Yes. Um, and we'll have to see how, you know, that turns out. Because it's a little different taking a hit 
as a football player in 75 degree weather <laughs> and then it really is different than getting hit in 20 degree weather uh you know with some defensive lineman trying to rip your head off oh been so, there done that got the t-shirt on that one still got the aches and pains to prove it i know what you're talking about with that <laughs> so you know so we'll see how how golf adjusts to that so that that will be something that will be you know told in time here in a few months right on so you know that being said we also had something else happen this weekend we crowned a national champion and march madness has finally come to an end you know what? I was very disappointed in the way the game played out. Obviously, I had Gonzaga in every one of my brackets taking the whole thing, so that really just screwed me right there with not picking the national champion. But Baylor came to play. So, I mean, it it really wasn't that close of a game pretty much throughout the, the entirety of the game from what, from what I watched. Yeah, and, and you know what? If you really look at, at Baylor from where they came from, you know, 17, 18 years ago to now, I mean, it's really a night or day difference. But it took a long time to build them to who they are. And, you know, kudos to, you know, that team for pulling together like that. And, you know, Gonzaga, I mean, they're, they've always been good, right? They can go back to the days of John Stockton. Um, they've always been good and stuff like that. But they still never won a national championship, right. you know, when it's elite time against elite programs. Um, so, you know, I think Gonzaga will always be the team that'll be there. I just don't know if they'll ever be the, the king of the tournament. Um, you know, especially with some of the other blue blood programs and established programs now. So, um, you know, I think the tournament though went pretty well overall. I think it was very exciting for people. Um, you know, it was pretty cool to finally, you know, get back to some normalcy with that. So, but, you know, good for both teams for making it. And the teams that made the Final Four and the teams that made the tournament overall, because they did go through a lot of trials and tribulations and playing and testing and no fans and things like that. So, but I think it was good for everybody to get back to seeing March Madness after missing it last year. Right, because I even remember, you know, I was at my parents for Easter and my dad was like, well, who who the hell was the national champion last year? I was like, Dad, it was the midst of COVID. We didn't have <laughs> a tournament last year. So even Virginia being, you know, considered the defending champions because they won it two years ago, you know, was even just crazy to think about. And just, you know, you're right. Getting back to normalcy and getting back to, hey, March Madness is on. This is a good sign. We, we actually had a tournament this year. Yeah, given the the Oral Roberts of the world busted everybody's bracket on day one, um, busted mine all to hell on day one, uh, beating Ohio State. Um, what do you think of the Cinderella teams in the in this year's tournament? And how do you think? Do you think it was more of a Cinderella tournament with where people were seated and how everything played out? Um, it's kind of hard to say because I think this year of any year, everybody was put on equal footing. And in and flat ground because the pandemic put so much stuff in perspective. A lot of the big budget programs had budgets cut because the schools lost so much money because of the pandemic. So it put them in a small school sense of the Robert Morris, of the Gonzaga, of the world, you know, teams like that. Um, you know, and I think with not playing as many games um, also allowed to be, you know, equal footing in that regard. Guys didn't get too beat up. Um, you didn't allow these teams like, just for example, Ohio State or North Carolina to dominate these smaller teams that are not good teams and get that extra experience for those young guys. Um, and I think by doing that and playing a rugged league schedule pretty much for every team, 
um, it really put everybody in the same playing field just because you didn't have nights to give guys off. You didn't have teams to blow out and gain confidence. You were in, you know, the grind of your schedule almost immediately. Right. I mean, I, I think, you know, it definitely leveled the playing field uh, for sure. I mean, it was obviously a weird year, midst of the pandemic, you know. One game had to, you know, team had to forfeit because there was COVID. I can't remember which team. I think, was it Virginia uh, or Florida? One of those teams had to, had to forfeit because they had a positive case and couldn't play. So NCAA said they weren't going to reschedule those games. Do you agree with that or not? Because I have my thoughts, but I want to hear yours first. No, I, I, I think it was fine to forfeit that because you would have had to push the games back and stuff like that. And the bottom line is, you know, everybody was dealing with the same problems, right? Every mm-hmm. single school in America was dealing with the same problems. So... You know, that's on the school and the kids and the program, you know, to try to get through it. Um, But to push games back, you know, seven to ten days and things like that, you know, I just think it would have made too hard with the scheduling and drew out the season. And, you know, they could still be playing in a round of, you know, 16 now if that was the case, trying to make up all these games. So I think everybody was on equal footing with that. Um, And, you know, you just had to deal with it and move on you know, and play or give up your season and not play. I mean, it's not like one team had the advantage over somebody else and that everybody was in the same boat. Right. I mean, and I'm with you on that one. Um, I think that's how it should be. You know, if this is something that's, you know, moving forward where we got to deal with all these protocols and testings and all that, you know what? I mean, even in regular season, if, if you can't play, I mean, you're just prolonging the season. And you're putting these kids and everything through a lot more. So why postpone the games when, you know what, you couldn't field a team, you couldn't put somebody on the court, and you should just have to forfeit and take your loss and, and move on to the next one. But, you know, I, agree. I, I think I that agree. that's how it should be if this is going to be the normalcy of having to test, which, God forbid, hopefully it's not. Um, that, that That's how it should be from here on out, that if you can't field a team – you're either going to have to. Hopefully, you can have some reserve players, maybe even if you bring them in, uh, have them kind of practicing with the team and and whatnot, or or something along those lines to have somebody to the next man up mentality. Or you know what, you, you're forced to forfeit, and I, I think that should be the the norm going forward. Because um, even going back to the NFL last last year, the Steelers having to move their Thanksgiving game. Was it like ten days or something ridiculous like that? I mean, they they moved it almost a full, a little over a full week, and then forced the Steelers to play three games in ten days. And it, it you can see what happened with them in their season. I I think that had a, a factor into their spiral at the end of the season. But you know, at the end of the day, the Ravens couldn't play. They should sh- either next man up or you have to forfeit that game. Right. Yeah. No. And I and I agree with that. The difference is the NFL is you know basically a corporation um, right. where the NCAA has a bunch of institutions. So you know, really, the NFL doesn't want to lose games because then you're losing on that TV contract and you have to answer to people higher up than you. So that's a little bit different where the institution has to do it for the betterment of the institution and stuff like that. But I agree. If the NFL couldn't play the game. They shouldn't have played the game, but you know, money rules everything, and the NFL showed that yeah. with doing that with the games. 
Absolutely money. Money is the root of all evil in my opinion, but that's for another show. Um, so let's get down to talking to you here a little bit about our old alma mater and where you currently work, Bethany College. You are uh, coming near the end of your spring season for spring sports, correct? Yeah, so with the pandemic, um, you know, all four fall sports were canceled. Now they were able to practice. Um, we did have a fall practice season for football and track, you know, because I do coach those sports, but all of our teams were able to practice in the fall. And then we started um, after the new year with the winter sports. So men's basketball, women's basketball, men and women swimming and diving um, basically all started um, after December, or I'm sorry, after January. Um, so they started. And then what happened was football and soccers and lacrosses, um, everything else pr- predominantly played in the fall, um, tied in with the spring. So track and field, football, basketball, baseball, lacrosses. So, you know, a lot of our sports, tennis, have extended now into the spring. So um, football-wise, we opened up in March. Um, we started actual, like, our quote-unquote training camp in mid-February when the weather was pretty bad here still. So we had to adjust on the fly with that but we're really in the midst of all of our spring sports now um anybody on them sports teams has anywhere basically from three to five weeks left um basically going to the end of april through uh graduation on may 8th so it has been quite eventful um doing this and for people that don't know you know, Bethany offers 22 varsity sports. We're actually bigger than WVU and Marshall with their sports teams, where WVU, I believe, has 15, and I believe Marshall has 16 or somewhere right around those numbers, where Bethany has 22, 11 men's and 11 women's sports. You know, um, we didn't play a men's tennis season, um, so that was just because other students were involved in other sports. So a lot of these students are playing two sports at the same time. Um, you know, and with the four sports – um, being done, you know, with, with swimming and diving and then bas- the basketballs, you know, you're talking about basically 17 sports are being ran at one time at a Division three institution, like some places, some other places canceled their fall seasons and didn't have them in general. So it's been uh, been quite eventful, that's for sure. A lot of juggling of the schedules um, <laughs> and a lot of, lot of long, long nights um, with double practices a day. So it's it's been eventful. I was going to say, how's that taking a toll on you? You coach two sports there at uh, Bethany. You know, that's definitely putting in the the man hours there at uh, good old BC. Yeah. um, So basically, the way my schedule works now is if I have a double practice, um, I will work 830 to 430 at my main job on campus. I will go from 430 till 530, 545 for track, and then football is 6 to 8 at night. Um if I don't have a double practice and say I don't have track, then I will work 9.30 to 5.30 and usually go 6 to 8 for football. Um, but, you know, all of us are in the same predicament. We're all making it work. You know, we're trying our best. Um, it's just quick turnarounds, right, because I leave at 8. Um, you know, practice was a little bit earlier today, so I was able to get out a little sooner. But, you know, I'm out at 8. I'm getting home about 8.40, but I'm going to the gym first because I don't want to stop going to the gym because that's like my little reprieve of the day when I can put my phone away and not worry about it. Um, get out of the gym at 9.30, showering, having dinner like around 10, 10.30, in bed at 11, 
get you know packing my bag and everything like that and getting right back up at 6 30 to leave a quarter to eight for work so it's it's been just literally one thing after another but you know i i love what i do um you know and i'm, I'm happy to be doing it so you know i'm grateful that our students you know have the opportunity to um you know do these sports this year Right, that, that was a big thing with me. I mean, being a D3 school, I mean, it's not like these big power D1 conferences where they can give these kids an extra year of eligibility and they could, quote-unquote, come back just to play a sport and it not affect what they're going to be doing. And a lot of them, you know, are wanting to go to the pros and all that. And I, I get there's these D3 kids that still want to, and possibly some can. There has been some D3 athletes that made the NFL, but... You know, that, that's got to be hard on the kids that were coming in. Uh, you know, it's my senior year. I uh, can't wait to just show up for my last year of eligibility playing, you know, for my school and, and you know, everything that's going on there. So did they do anything like that? They didn't. They couldn't give those kids any year of eligibility, did, could they? Well, so actually, yes. Um, they The NCAA gave a waiver that students participating in the spring won't lo- use a year of eligibility. So they can uh, they can come back and play. And of course, the spring sports from last year didn't lose any eligibility either. So technically, you could come back for a couple of years if you wanted. Um, but I mean, you know, a lot of our students are going on to medical school or, you know, going on for their master's programs or you know, whatever it may be. So a lot of them want to stay on the four-year plan, um, you know, get out, you know, and go and continue on with their education or, you know, getting into their, their careers and stuff like that. So, but yeah, like, for example, the football guys that play this spring are not using a year of eligibility. So the sophomores this year will technically be sophomore-wise in the fall as well for football, even though they may be a junior um, academically. So could they technically come back if they're not going to med school or masters or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, they they could. Um, we have a we have three seniors on the team right now, um, and I know one for sure is coming back to play in the fall. Um, the other one's hurt. I think he's waiting to decide what he wants to do. And another one is um, still kind of up in the air. He may pick up a minor and come back in the fall, or he may just graduate and go. Oh, say because now I know how Bethany is with the you know comprehensive exams and everything like that. Um, could they come back just to play a sport, or would they force them to take classes? No, you have to take classes to be eligible. That's okay. Um, so you have to, yeah, you have to maintain twelve credit hours to be considered a full time student to have financial aid. So you have to come back. But like you know, if you're a student who's in uh, just for example the business, like say you're a business major, you know, management major. And say, you know, you've taken a couple of these classes already and you want to pick up an entrepreneurship minor, which is relatively new. It's only six classes and 18 credits. So if you have two of those classes done and you need, you know, three, four more, I mean, in theory, you could just take those three, have your bachelor's already done and pick up a a minor and finish in four and a half years with a bachelor's and a minor, you know. So it's not, not, not a bad deal. So kind of, I don't want to say loophole for lack of a better term, but, you know, helping the kids out too with giving them, you know, a minor if they were a couple classes away from getting a minor and, Correct. you know, also not losing that extra year of eligibility. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So um, it, it's just a little bit nice in that way. And I've told students I've talked to like, hey, if you're going to come back next year, like pick up a minor or pick up two minors, like just do it because it makes you more marketable when you leave saying, hey, I have a management degree and i have an entrepreneurship minor and i have a marketing minor like that's really good things to have on your resume 
Right. I mean, I mean, it's only going to help the kids if they pick up a minor. Um, in that sense that, you know, it is going to be that resume builder and make them more marketable and more appealing when they employers see that resume and they see, oh, well, they got, you know, bachelors from Bethany, but they also got two additional minors that's con- that help out their field. So I, I really want to talk to this person. Right, right. And with how much our students do internships and things like that, it just makes them look that much better when you can combine internships with having a bachelor's and having a minor or two. Right on. All right. But we are nearing the end of the show, but I can't not bring this up because I am super fucking pumped for this. I am finally getting back on stage, people, this Saturday, April the 10th at Latonia, Ohio at the Tipsy Cow. I'm super pumped. Fiddy, I know that's kind of around your area where you used to grow up near the Youngstown area. What can you tell me about the Tipsy Cow? I don't know anything about the Tipsy Cow. Oh, you're fucking killing me. (laughs) Um, But um, Latonia is an old town um, in Columbiana County. Um, You know, it's it's a very quaint little town. Um, You know, nice school district. Um, You know, a lot of great people there. Um, It actually was full of Italians one time. Um, has still some there. I know they do have an Italian club in town. So Oh, well, uh, that's, that's right up our alley right there, cuz. <laughs> right, right, for sure. So, um, but I don't know much about much about that that particular place, but you know, I'm sure you'll get a nice crowd there, you know, for yourself and everything. Yeah, absolutely. There are 16 comics on the docket. Uh, the show runs from 8 to 10 p.m. Uh, we're going to try to get on time so that we don't have to cut anybody's time out of the the show. And, I mean, if you need the address, if you're not from that area, want to make the truck out there to come support some up-and-coming comics and some people there that are trying to make a living doing comedy and getting back on stage after the midst of this pandemic, uh, I do have the address and the invite up on my Facebook page right now. Uh, It's in my story. You can check it there. I have the address. But from what I've heard from the showrunners and the hosts of the show... Not a lot of COVID restrictions. We're not restricting people, the number of people that are allowed in the building. We are also, uh, from what I've heard, now this could change come Saturday, so do not quote me on this, but they are not requiring you to wear a mask when you go into this place. So, huge news. You don't have to laugh through a mask or sit there with a mask on while you're trying to enjoy yourself, have a couple drinks, and have a good night of laughter uh so please everybody in that area if you can come out and are able to come out come support some comedy and help us out and it's gonna be fun i know a lot of the comics on the on the slate here i've done so many shows with most of them all hilarious people not as funny as me but um (laughs) no no they're all they're all up there and we just need we just need the support, and we need people out there to come and come and support. So, Fiddy, I know you're busy right now with spring sports. I'm not going to ask you to come, but if you can, hook a brother I, up. I will, say I will I will uh, I will try my best. I, I will be out of town um, that day for one of our sporting events, but I will try my very best to uh, get there. Hey, if you can't make it, no harm, no foul, cuz it's going to be, I am going to be recording this set. I have a whole new slew of new jokes that I am trying out, so... Be gentle uh, with them. They are in the infant stages. I haven't gotten to get on stage to try them out. So it's going to be fun. Everybody come out. Once again, it's the Tipsy Cow in Latonia, Ohio. 
come support us and just have some good time laughing and get out of the fucking house for once. I mean, it's just time to get out and get back to some normalcy. What do you say, cuz? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it'll be a nice day and the weather's nice now, so hopefully more people are, you know, getting out and trying to get back to a sense of normalcy. Absolutely. Well, that's going to wrap up the show. As usual, I have the one sponsorship read to do here. Uh, the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by My Daily Choice, CBD, High Life Travel, and also Axum Cryptocurrency. They just added to the docket of things you could do there. CBD, some of the best products out there, uh, helps me out with some joint pain. It's not just oils anymore, people. They have gummies. They have hair care products. They have a facial line. They also have dog treats and a pet line, too, as well. Bath bombs, which my wife absolutely loves, uses them daily. Uh, really help out, especially for all those aches and pains. The high life travel, since we are getting back to some normalcy. Lowest package rates out there. Packages started as low as 29 bucks a month. You can get deals on hotels, cruises, airfare, car rentals, you know, weekly vacation stays in cabins. You name it, they got it. They're beating Priceline and Expedia, which are running the travel game right now. And also, they just brought in their Axum crypto trading. If you're into the cryptocurrency and the Forex trading, you got to check it out. It's for beginners or experts. Helps you out and shows you the ropes if you want to get into the trading aspect and go. But there are risks involved with that. I have to read that disclaimer there. Um, the stock markets aren't the most reliable thing if you're looking to make it an income. Uh, I would not. But something to get your hands on. You can learn a lot. If you want to learn more, you can go to mydailychoice.com slash mbonaventura. That's mydailychoice.com slash mbonaventura. Once again, John Fitty, the Falcon Falcone, I want to thank you again for being on, cuz. Pleasure talking to you every time you're on, my man. Yeah, no, man, I definitely appreciate you having me on, you know, and we're definitely going to, you know, continue this rolling with some great guests from here on out through the end of the summer, too, for you. Absolutely. Uh, greatest manager of all time right here, ladies and gentlemen, Fitty Falcone. And that's it for today's episode. Please tune in next week. I know I got a great show for you, and I will see y'all next week. The Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Dubby Energy. Energy drinks made for gamers, streamers, and podcasters alike. For gamers, streamers, and podcasters alike. Go to the link in the description where you can find the best energy drinks out there. Less caffeine than a cup of coffee. Also, no jitters and no crash afterwards. Use the promo code Mike Bono and get yourself 10% off. Also, the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by my favorite sponsor of the show, and that is Shankit Golf. Golf apparel made for the everyday golfer. We might not go out and shoot a six under par. We're probably going to shoot a six over par, but this is going to give us the gear that's going to help us rock it on and off of the course. Go to the link in the bio. Use the promo code Mike Bono and get yourself 10% off there as well.